Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Friday, January 6th, 2023. The, we- the weather today will be a high of minus 2 degrees in Edmonton, minus 9 degrees in Saskatoon, and 4 degrees in Toronto. Thank you, Evie. What was Edmonton? Minus 2. Minus 2? That's okay. Yeah, I'd say. I can dig that. <laughs> Thank you, Everly. Thank you, Gabby. Good morning, everyone. We are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Uh, come listen to the live show at live every morning. All you got to do is download that app, search up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show, follow the morning show. You'll get notified at 6 a.m. that we are live. You just pop in the, you know, the, the little room here, the little, what would you call it? Uh, yeah, room. Room. Yeah, it's a little app. It's it's just like your regular drive time morning show, right? You get all the the funky little, you know, noises and claps and that's a terrible noise. (laughs) Was that when I saw beep, I thought it was going to be like a beep, beep. Oh, well, anyway, it's just like your normal drive time morning show um, with fart noises and all that stuff. And uh, (laughs) but it's but it's for real estate investors. It's it's the drive time show for real estate investors. So um, just like any drive time show, if you got something that's on your mind, you know, something that's grinding your gears. Uh, or something that you want answered, um, take advantage of it. It's free coaching every morning. So um, get your ass up, get your questions answered, take some action, make 2023 a great year. Uh, or just listen to the recordings. That's totally fine too. I get it. Some people, um, you know what? I, I'm for right now, at this moment, I'm talking to the people in British Columbia. I get it. 5 a.m. would be ridiculous. But there are some 5 a.m. listeners. Yeah, that's when I'm up. Yeah. I'd, I'd be able to listen to us. Yeah, you would? <laughs> um, okay. So why don't we say hello to some of the people that are joining in live today. I see Glenn here. I see Eric. I see Carlos. Cody. John. Kyler. Yes. Ken. Nathan. Elray. Good morning, Lori. Scotty P. Eric. Don. Kathleen. And we have Paul and Crispy. Matt, Kirsten, good morning, everybody. Garrett, hola. Is Garrett in Mexico? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> good morning, Sean. And good morning, Amanda and Mark, who just slipped into the room. Annette, it is a room. It Annette, says join the room. Annette, Annette and Daryl as well. I saw oh, them, I them slide in the back as well. Oh, okay. I see they were very. I was just reading people who had comments or liked, liked the show already. Is Joey here? <laughs> did anybody contact joey yesterday oh i did did you <laughs> and a few other people did too <laughs> uh well thank you so much for joining us um topics for today hmm oh i thought you had some that you were gonna state i never do okay i never do it's all just kind of whatever a feel man um garrett has a little little question right off the bat here yeah yeah and it's definitely not gonna gonna give us a big conversation to talk about oh you'd be surprised (laughs) darlin upcoming events what's his question you just want to dive right in i want to give a little teaser okay the the teaser is going to be the answer (laughs) garrett has says question question mark is there a certain time of day when MLS listings come onto the market? Like does website refresh at midnight or some specific time? I believe it's almost immediate. Yeah. No, wait a second. That's MLS. Okay. XLS or MLS? Um, MLS. Okay. So MLS is like your realtor.ca. Um, those get up. They, 
I don't believe there's a specific time. I, to be honest, I don't know that answer. Um, yeah, we don't know that answer, but like when our realtor posts our... Uh, uh, what? MLS is different than XLS. MLS comes up two days after XLS. So when a listing is created by your realtor, as you were saying, sorry, I didn't want you to answer incorrectly and then I have to correct you. Look like you're going to be incorrect. Maybe, maybe not. Um, When your realtor uploads a listing or a realtor uploads a listing, it's automatic in the XLS, which is, you know, when, when your realtor sets you up for a search for a specific type of property, that gets sent to you immediately for within a few minutes. It goes live. Realtor.ca doesn't update till like two days later. That's the MLS. So. Is that a fact? That's what I was told 15 years ago. <laughs> Could that have changed? Perhaps. I'm not a realtor. Any realtors in I, the house? Um, yeah, any realtors in the house? That's a good question. A realtor told me that 15 years um, ago. Because I challenge it because like we get our photos done on say like a Sunday and on like a Tuesday, we're live, but that doesn't even give them time to like edit the photos and send them to them the next day. So uh, I challenge that. The last things have changed. Yeah, which is possible. Uh, um, but Garrett, we we, we don't know. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't say that like at midnight because we, like we get notifications at like two in the afternoon. Oh, like, yeah, hey, up- your listing's live. I think it updates all the time. Yeah, all the time. For sure. So you got to keep looking <laughs> or just get those search criteria nailed down tightly. Uh, Ken is already on the, uh, already on his second Tetley. He's already on his second T. <laughs> um, I see here. Um, and, and what's he talking about? Something I did as well. He's been a busy guy, something, something. Uh, I don't know. I'll get there. But Paul says, okay, what's XLS? Uh, man, am I wrong? <laughs> Isn't XLS like the realtor's like back office, basically? Yes. Yeah. Maybe it changed. Oh, now I feel like an idiot. What? Well, because some realtor told me this 15 years ago. That's why I asked, are you you positive? Is that a fact? Mm, (laughs) I don't like being wrong. All right. Well, uh, JP's here. JP, help me out, brother. Is there a realtor in the house just like watching us struggle? Yes. Mm. He needs to speak up. <laughs> um, okay. So we got a couple questions here. Uh, upcoming events. Um, uh, it looks like, uh, sorry, Annette has an AFS question. Um, and Val has a question about what's your thought on what property is best for long-term wealth growth? Ooh, I like that one too. Good one. Okay, so now would be a good time for upcoming events. Uh, today's Friday, right? Yes. Yep. Friday. Making tomorrow Saturday. That is correct. And we have a networking event. Tomorrow. <laughs> Saturday, January 7th from 1 to 3 p.m. in Edmonton. So we have our uh, REI Masters networking meetup Um in Edmonton at our most recent fix and flip product uh, property. I mean, I did not mean to say product. (laughs) It is about uh, half a week away from completion before it can get cleaned and stuff. So if you're interested in fix and flips, it's a great opportunity to come and come and see a pretty much finished product. If you are not interested in fix and flips, it is a great opportunity to come out and build your network. It's going to be 60-ish investors coming through uh, between one and three. So if you want to meet some- more than 60. Okay, more than 60. Yeah. There's going to be 60 or 70 investors coming through. So if you Nearly want to 100. build some contacts and um, and have some great conversations, drink some fresh coffee and, uh, and, and, and yeah. Oh, that sounds lovely. It's a place, place to be. That sounds say. lovely. Very cash- Okay. Feel free to dress up nice. I mean, um, first impressions are everything, but it's also very cash. It's um, the community here is just, it's just awesome. It's, it's very friendly. Um, It's a great, it's a great way to connect with others, as Gabby said. And, um, but you know, at the same time, 
you know, first impressions are everything. And if you're, if you're planning on getting shit done and meeting people and making connections that are meaningful and valuable, then, you know, you know, step it up a little bit, maybe go get yourself a haircut. Um, we will do a small presentation. It's not like a, you know, like it's a nothing pe- formal, nothing formal. We have not prepared anything, preparing anything. <laughs> no, it's, it's about bringing investors together. And at the same time, like if you got any questions about the project, um, you can ask myself, you can ask Gabby, you can ask Matt Bordian and Taylor Bordian. Um, they'll be there, our, our partners on the project, um, you know, delays, costs, prices, ARVs, all that type of stuff. Um, It's a great way to kind of learn about projects as well. Um, And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's, that's tomorrow, Saturday, one to three. If uh, it is sold out um, and we are creeping up on a hundred people, but there's still more than enough room. So like if, if you really, really wanted to come and you forgot to um, register, just feel free to shoot us a DM. Um, shoot myself a DM or email us at info at reimorningshow.com and, uh, and I'll get you in. Not a problem. How many, um, how, how much square foot is the property? Mm, 2,100, I think. Okay. So everybody gets 21 square feet of your personal space. <laughs> so, someone's like, I got the bathroom. <laughs> 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 Sorry, anyways. <laughs> it's about five by four feet, eh? Yeah. 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 It's a good, good little square. <laughs> yeah. Uh, March, eight, March 18th, you can catch myself and possibly Gabby in Calgary at the uh, Barry Maguire's wholesaling uh, workshop. Um, if you're interested in wholesaling, uh, about learning how to make some extra cash and um, maybe building up your, your, your real estate investing um expertise and uh saving up for your next down payment that's that's the workshop you want to be at that's in calgary on march 18th uh and then uh if you're uh if you're in ontario or you are planning on flying there on april 1st i will be there as well for barry mcguire's agreement for sale uh focus workshop as well learn how to buy houses for little to no money down with uh with sellers carrying the mortgage no financing it's pretty dope and if you're headed there from uh, from Edmonton here, you can hop on the Porter Airlines. Is that a thing now? <laughs> That's what you're flying on. <laughs> well, why are you promoting Porter Airlines? I, I ain't seen no checks from them. <laughs> oh, I ain't seen no money it's... coming through. We haven't determined whether they're a good airline yet, Gabby. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed all the new cheap airlines haven't really worked out. I stand by flair i still love it and i've never been delayed <laughs> or canceled all right porter. Hey, hi liam porter send your checks to info at reimorningshow.com <laughs> um kyler is excited to meet us tomorrow because we've never met kyler in person hells yeah i've talked to kyler many a times never never met him in person I get a little overwhelmed at these networking events for reasons just like this, Kyler. Um, is that like there'll be 20 people that I've talked to many a times that I've never met in person and then I meet them in person. It's hard and to then remember. there's like 40 other people that want to like ambush me and ask me questions. Mm-hmm. I'm not the most social person. I'm not. I prefer being alone in my office. <laughs> um it is a so for those of you guys, I, I say this because I want to be vulnerable and I want to be relatable. Um, I know networking events can be a little intimidating. Um, I I know it's a big step for a lot of you to just to get out of the house and go there, and then it's also a big step to walk up to someone and have a conversation. I want you to know that most people, I'd say fifty at least fifty half of people, um, are not comfortable with settings like that, and I'm I'm one of them as well. Me too. Um, Gabby is as well, but um, you got to remember why you're doing it, right? That's why it's so important to focus on, you know, begin with the end in mind and focus on your why. And stepping outside of your, you know, your shell and and outside of your comfort zone and having conversations with people will create opportunities and it will get you closer towards your goal. Um, 
but if you notice, I'm a little jittery tomorrow, Kyler. That's my, I'm just, um, I'm okay with two or three people, but in a room like that with everybody staring at you, it's, it's, I, I admit it's, it's still, it's, uh, it's not, not comfortable. <laughs> my comfort zone is in my office. Why are you laughing at me? Oh, thanks. I, because I you're like, we're, no, you're, it's like, we're having this networking event. Everybody come out. It's going to be lovely. Yeah. I really don't like being around people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I want people to understand that because a lot of people are probably sitting there like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to go. Barry says it's okay. Everybody wants to meet Gabby, not Wayne. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I try and, I try and, you know, be a little vulnerable here and you laugh at me. No, I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing at the context of the conversation. Kyler says, valid point. My girlfriend is super nervous as well. I told her 20 people. <laughs> Way to go, Kyler. Oof. <laughs> um, okay. Um, what else we got going on in the comments here? Ken's big fear in a crowd is that his zipper is down. So if you see Ken constantly glance, oh, Ken won't be there. But if you're ever with Ken and he's constantly glancing down, he's checking his zipper. <laughs> well, now what's going to happen is everyone's going to be constantly glancing at, at Ken's crotch. <laughs> there you go, Ken. You're just looking Is that for, what you wanted? <laughs> Ken's just looking for attention. Uh, Don, Don says there'll be 20 people per room. So Kyler just like bring her from uh, room to room. Be like, yeah. here's the next 20. <laughs> yeah. It's not the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Liam's in the chat here saying, what up? What up? Liam is, uh, he's still going. Going strong. Like he's five or six days into his 60 day challenge there. It's, uh, I'm excited for you, buddy. And he's going to be there tomorrow. Cody's going to be there tomorrow. Good morning, Matt. Matt's here as well. Okay. Um, okay, we're all caught up, I think. So. Uh, so let's do a quick little commercial break. We'll get into those questions. Sound good? Sounds good. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash-flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers, or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. now and we're back um i had to look up kyler gunderson because um i wasn't friends with him and i was like oh i'll go see if he looks familiar and of course uh he's masked just like ken <laughs> Is he? so kyler you're just gonna have to introduce yourself because i have no clue who you are <laughs> and that's the other thing that's like a little bit anxiety inducing for a lot of people going to networking events is that like you kind of know all these people from social media right yeah. but if you've never met them in person it's it's like if if they come up to you and they're like oh hey so and so and you're like hey who are you and it's like it feel feels like you should know and then you feel bad and it's like yeah it's awkward okay what's with welders huh what's with welders always having their profile picture of them with their mask on <laughs> maybe they feel badass Got some Iron Man thing going on. <laughs> Sorry. Used to work with a lot of welders. Uh. <laughs> Kyle says, I was installing a new smoke. I was installing new smoke detectors at a property a few weeks back. When I got home, I realized my fly was down. I wonder what my tenant was thinking when I was up on the ladder and my crotch was eye level. <laughs> That's how porno start. Oh, come on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what too far <laughs> sorry i thought this was a morning show okay all right fine all right rent was paid on time matt says he's not wrong though 
Oh, and Garrett said that too. I missed Garrett. Most, most boring. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay, I will stop. I will. I Thank will you. filter myself. Uh, who you. would like to talk? <clears throat> Hello. Uh, who would like to talk about real estate investing? <laughs> oh boy, have I got a question to start today off? Um, Gabby. Uh, yes. Uh, like your opinion. On uh, what's your thought on what property is best? What type of property is best for long-term wealth growth? What property type? This is your opinion, not fact. Are, are we talking like type, like single family versus like? The question is, what's your thought on what property is best for long-term wealth growth? Okay, so we've uh, we've already established that like buy and hold. We're buying and holding. That's how you do long-term wealth growth, right? So. That's your opinion. <laughs> this is opinions. Okay. Like the, we're not. Yeah, that's true. That's we're true. not judge and jury. Um. Well, I don't know. Single family houses. I think anything that like appreciates well in or you know, I, I guess in our in our specific market here in Edmonton, nothing really appreciates well, but something that doesn't lose value over time, like yes. say townhouses, uh, condos, those types of things, I would say are not your best property type. Right. Uh, single family houses, I think that things like uh, fourplexes, um, sixplexes, those types of things, suited mm -hmm. properties are also good. They tend to hold value and and rise with markets. Yeah. Actually, well, yeah. Uh, small multifamilies. Yeah. Um, large multifamilies are are determined yeah. by the rents, so not quite the same. Um, but the question, and that's this is this is why it's important, because the question is what's best for long term wealth. Yeah. She, he, Val. I don't know which Val this is. Oh, me neither. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they. Thank you. They're asking about long-term wealth. They're not asking about what's the best, what's the safest, right? Because a lot of people would naturally go towards the best cash-flowing asset or best cash-flowing vehicle, which is a completely different answer because some of the safest and the best cash flow does not have the best long-term wealth growth. That's true. Right? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people would be like single-family homes in Southern Ontario for the last 10 years. But how's that cash flow been working for the last 10 years? Not so great, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, so, in some areas, some smaller, you know, maybe if you bought in Vineland. I don't know. Just thinking of some small town off the, uh, off the 401. Maybe if you bought in some small little town that had a population of, you know, 8,400 people, um, you might be able to get it cheap enough and it appreciated well enough because it was close enough to the highway or the rail. Um, but for long-term growth, you, it, I think appreciation is important because appreciation is probably going to, over a long period of time, is going to be your biggest um, profit, right? Um, and that's because of leverage. I, I, I this is, trying to simplify this without getting too complicated in math, but, um, if the value of your property goes up by 5%, 10%, it's the profit that you make is not 10% on your down payment, your investment. It's 10% on the asset. Meaning if you put a hundred thousand dollars down on a $500,000 property, and the value of your property over a period of time goes up 10%. You most people would assume that I get 10% on my 100,000 that I invested, which is $10,000. No. You got 10% on the increase of the value of the property, which was 500,000. So that's $50,000 in profits. So that and that and that's the power of leverage right there, right? Mm -hmm. The power of being able to, you know, put 20% down and realize the appreciation of the full 100% of value of the property. That's 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 the value of OPM, borrowing banks money and making money on on borrowed money, right? That's where you're going to get your most profit over you know extended period of time, because what's not going to change is very much is the mortgage paydown. Mortgage paydown is always going to be there; it's guaranteed. 
it will fluctuate depending every five years or so whenever you renew your mortgage term and the interest rates change, yada, yada, yada. That, but your mortgage pay down will be exactly the same as any everybody else's mortgage pay down. Um, the rate of return on your mortgage pay down is going to be the same as everybody else, mostly in Canada, based on your interest rates and your amortization, right? Mm-hmm. But what's going to help What's going to set you ahead of everybody else? What's going to what's going to push you ahead of everyone else as long as 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 far as long term wealth growth goes is appreciation. So I would say and I, I focus on markets that are rising. Focus on markets that have potential. Focus on neighborhoods that have rising potential. Um, that's going to get you your best long term wealth growth. However, the best long term wealth growth typically are the most, are more risky than the other ones. They don't typically have the best cash flow. It, like if you can find a market that is rising, has huge potential, and it cash flows like crazy, you know, great. But normally you, can't find, yeah. normally you can't find both. And, oh, and with really good industry and, and a good economy and, and, and you know, Lots of jobs and lots of immigration and stuff like that. Um, it, it's not very common, right? So, you know, St. John's, I you know, is on the top of the list for for most of the lists. You know, for being number one, um, St. John or St. John's, whatever. whatever. Um, New something, something. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then number two is normally Edmonton. Right. And we, Gabby and I just got really lucky that we happened we to move here, here yeah. <laughs> 15, 16 years ago. Um, I really had, I didn't have to do much work. Yeah. I, I looked into real estate investing. I'm like, I want to get into this. I looked at all the lists, Edmonton to the top. Bonus. I'm already here. Nice. I already know lots about it. I, I got lucky. For a lot of you, you have to do that research. But uh, Edmonton doesn't have much of that, has not had much of that appreciation thing, but it's been extremely safe. And I like that. I like boring. I like good cash flow. I like, you know, mortgage pay down. Um, and I've been able to do the math and to see that um, my investments and my, you know, the, the investments that I offer to my, my joint venture partners average out 17.7% uh, ROI on a 20% down payment on a property in Edmonton. Pretty much across the board for like townhouses, single family at the very least single family homes and suited houses and i like that i like safe cash flow i've always got a reserve in place covers anything that comes up um mortgage pay down will always get me around that 17 percent rate of return and then anything above and beyond that if if the market ever does appreciate which it should eventually if we stop having so many natural disasters and oil and pandemics and all that other jazz interest rates um eventually it will go up um because all eyes have been on edmonton for so long right mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm patient um and then eventually we'll get the appreciation and we'll get a really re- great rate of return here so but that, that's 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 what i do but um to answer your question for long-term wealth growth i mean you want to focus on uh, up-and-coming cities um potential for appreciation that's where you're going to get your most um, your most profit or your most wealth growth. Yeah. I also think if we just like pedal it back a little bit to property types. Oh, sorry. One last thing. Single family houses. Single <laughs> family houses. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to, like, because, you know, this topic started on property types and then, you know, it, it also matters where you're investing as Wayne just um, ranted about. That was not a rant. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a rant. I, I, as, as he spoke about eloquently. Thank you. <laughs> Um, but if we pedal it back to property types, um, you know, you, there's so many factors. Like if you're, you know, I talked about like single family, but then I also mentioned like suited properties and fourplexes because they hold value, but holding value isn't the only consideration. You know, when you're talking about suited properties um, or fourplexes or, and uh, condos, like uh, apartment building condos, those all have higher turnaround. So every year, um, you're losing, le- you know, you're you're losing more money with turnaround and 
having to do more repairs and like those types of stuff on repairs and maintenance and upkeep and and uh, vacancies and those sorts of things. Whereas with single family houses and uh, townhouses, for example, you get a longer tenant uh, staying with you. They're, they're not moving as often. They don't have the basement suite tenant or the main floor tenant pissing them off and, you know, feuding and that sort yeah. of thing. So there's more considerations beyond, um, you know, just what holds value. It's, uh, you know, like if you look, if you, if you're one of those people who own multiple types of properties as we do, and you look at the books at the end of each year, you can clearly see, you know, the pattern of holy shit, those, all these tenant turnovers and all these, you know, those things really eat into your your yearly kind of like profit margins. Yeah. So those are considerations to take as well. Um, you know, so it, it doesn't mean like townhouses would be a horrible long-term wealth builder. They could be extremely profitable for you, even though they don't tend to hold their value as well or appreciate as well. Um, and they they see a lot of those like ups and downs and ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, but your steady annual returns on that property uh, can be really nice. I, well, I just talked about this last night. Um, master's coaching session um, was last night, Thursdays. And um, we I talked about townhouses and I actually said that um, – I've been I've been anti townhouses for a very long time because I've never understood why someone would would invest. You know, a lot of people that invest in townhouses, they're like, oh, because it's a cheaper entry level, you know, price point, and like, you know, I don't need a full down payment, or most of my joint venture partners don't have a full, you know, hundred thousand dollars, so this way I can get in for thirty thousand dollars, and just like that logic right there has just been like so dumb in my opinion like oh it's just cheaper to get in I'm like why would you do that because when you look at like appreciation you know single families go up with the market but uh, condos are townhouses for example oh, condo apartments definitely suck as far as appreciation goes they're at the, they're at the bottom um but townhouses they don't they don't go up like like single family houses do they're in their own little realm and I never liked that. I never liked that it has condo fees. I never liked, you know, the condo board. I never liked that it didn't go up in the market. And like, why would someone just, just out of the sake of being cheap, you know, buy an investment like this? But over time, I've, my my mind has been changed because what I've learned is, as Gabby just mentioned, repairs and maintenance and vacancy is your biggest expenses. Mm-hmm. At the end of the year, if you got people moving you know, once at, at the end of every one year lease. It and takes a toll. It it adds up. And it's not just the one month of vacancy. It's that they move out and there's slight wear and tear. Yeah. You know, I was talking about how we, you know, we just rented a house um, years back and we completely renovated up and down. We added a secondary suite in the basement. And, you know, someone's moved in two years. Uh, after two years, someone had moved out twice. So we had a one one tenant and then another tenant. And I go in there. I'm like, this place looks like shit. Yeah. Looks like it's like 12 years old. <laughs> looks like it's 12 years old. There's no holes in the wall. There's no like broken doors. You know, there's no like, but like there's little scuffs in the wall. The paint is not as fresh as it used to be. The baseboards are nicked. The Fair handle scuffed. on the fridge is broken. I'm like, what the fuck? And what do I, so I have to either fix that two years in which is like redoing all the flooring, redoing all the baseboards, painting, fixing a handle, the countertop looks like shit. Um, Or I just leave it like that. And then like, what was the point of me doing a brand new, why why did I do all these nice finishings? Mm -hmm. And these weren't shitty tenants either. It's just (laughs) moving in, moving out, wear and tear. Like, yeah. And so when you look at townhouses, I'm talking about like, middle mid quality townhouses. So we're talking like 1970s, 1960s townhouses that have been updated a few times, you know what I mean? Maybe last updated in the nineties with the laminate countertops, the older brownish light brownish cabinets, um, laminate flooring, you know what I mean? Tub with, uh, you know, tile surround, but like nothing special tile surround, like four by four inch tile. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about like a, a mid grade townhouse. Those things there will keep tenants for 15 years. And that tenant will stay there 15 years. They'll miss rent two or three times a year. Um, They'll be a little bit late. 
You know what I mean? But, and maybe they smoke on the patio and, but it kind of gets into the house a little bit and you kind of got a bit of a smell, right? And, and the cooking smells and they never really clean all that much, but that person stays for 15 years. And you got to think about 15 years worth of vacancies, 15 years of vacancies. And every time you go in there, you do $400 worth of repairs, right? And, you know, after five years, normally you're like, you're replaced. If you have someone moving out every five years, sorry, every year for five years, you got to redo the carpet. You got to redo the flooring. You got to redo paint. baseboards, paint, stuff like that. You don't have to do that with a tenant that stays 15 years because they don't complain. It's their little spot. They love their home, right? So you think about the fact that you don't have to do all those paint, flooring, trim repairs and stuff like that. From time to time, you might have to send someone in to replace a, a flap in the toilet, right? Or, hey, this electrical outlet doesn't work. But in most cases, they put a piece of tape over it and they never bother you about it. Those right there are more profitable than single family homes with all the appreciation, if you do the math. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting and they're less of a headache. And it's it when I when I realized it, I'm like, oh crap, I really should have bought townhouses because less of a headache. You don't have to do vacancies, you don't have to find new tenants and stuff like that. They stay longer, you know. Um, they're never gonna go and buy a house. They're just gonna stay there and um, the money that you save on repairs and maintenance and vacancy end, ends up being about the same as what you get in appreciation. I think the the, the big factor here in Edmonton and why um, a lot of people have chose not to over the years is just because the cash flow isn't there. True. Like, and and the the townhouse rents mm. are starting to go up a bit. It's a little relative, though. It is. You know, if you've got one hundred and twenty-five dollars worth of cash flow, but your down payment's thirty thousand dollars, as opposed to four hundred True, true. $400 worth of cash flow and your down payment is $90,000. It's relative, right? Yeah, for sure. So it's, no, it is a little less because of those condo fees, um, but not by much. Sorry, continue. Yeah. No, that, that's all I was saying is that I think a lot of people are just like, yeah, townhouses, they're not going to get, because, you know, we're always told cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. And so a lot of people are trying to, you know, thinking that, oh, if I can get, you know, five grand in cash flow, I can quit my job, like, which isn't a good way to think. But that's what a lot of people do think or have thought over the years. And so cash flow is king, move to or invest in Edmonton, there's cash flow here. Well, where's that cash flow? It's in suited properties. That's where it's been, right? So um, yeah, I think that a lot of people have just like totally overlooked townhouses as a good option. Yep. Uh, Garrett says lower price point for new families, new Canada citizens, single parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's yeah. there's always there's always a market for um, affordability, right? Yeah. Uh, Garrett says vacancies fill quicker too. It's an interesting concept because it's it's normally it's it's opposite of what most people think. Yeah. But I and think, if and if your cash flow doesn't work, put a little more money down. Yeah, I I also think that. Um, again, I'm talking about here in Edmonton that a lot of, because I, just because I don't know what the situation in other places are, but I think that the situation in, what was it, like 2008 or something, where like they were at an all-time high and then tanked gave them a really, really bad reputation because oh, yeah. so many people got in and thought that they were geniuses and then all of a sudden were had their pants down, right? Yeah. So I think that it's just like this, almost like, almost like the city's scarred by its past. Most, I mean? most of the educators who made their money uh, and lost their money in Edmonton, um, you know, they were buying up townhouses because the rents were so high and they could get them for so cheap. And then they doubled in value and then they refinanced them, pulled all the money out, bought more townhouses and then rents went down. And they were so over leveraged and frankly, not very smart with their money. Um, in their portfolio that a lot of them, you know, got hit really hard. Um, and then that's, uh, so people watching were like, oh, I don't want to do what those dumb, dumbos did. Or in the same thing, those people are like, I'll never buy townhouses again. But, yeah. you know, if you look at it over time, had they, had they not been so greedy, had they not over leveraged, had they made sure that they had good cash flow, they could have rode it out, right? But there are a lot of people that in 2007, 2008, that were buying townhouses for $260,000, $270,000, and the cash flow still worked. And it just kept going up and going up, and everybody was happy about it. And then, bam, overnight, it went down to 140. Yeah. 
and they are still, I know a lot of people that are still renting those properties out and the mortgages are still at like 170, 160. There's still $30,000 yeah. underwater right now. Well, Wayne, when I moved to Edmonton, which was 2006 from BC, um, I, my, the only people I knew were really like in, in the working in the oil fields. So I knew a lot of tradespeople. Those were the people because I'm from BC. So anybody that I knew from BC who was living in Edmonton was, uh, working in the oil fields. So they were raking in the dough, like big time, like just were, and, and then on the weekends were, or when they were on their off times, were just like going out and partying hard and just throwing their money. They yeah. had the big trucks with the big tires and like everything. Those were like the only people mm -hmm. that, yeah. And I like a bunch of them bought like, uh, apartment condos and, yeah. and townhouses and the kind of like fancier ones, the newer, newly built ones that were coming up. So sad. And, paid big bucks for them and the and they that was so like 2006 2007 and then you know so like i that was my like introduction into real estate in edmonton those were the people that i knew were the people who got sorry fucked yeah <laughs> yeah so it's interesting but uh garrett says cocaine's a hell of a drug gabby oh yeah <laughs> i'm sure it is i've never done it but um, um Cody's really wanting to talk about condos. He's been trying. He's been trying to to get us to switch over for a while here. Are um, we not talking? Apart about sorry, apartment condos. Apartments. Oh, oh, just don't. Well, so um, early time. <laughs> just don't. Okay, well, like Earlier in the show, he uh, without scrolling back to the comments, he had mentioned that um, that but. He said something along the lines of like, but they're at the bottom, isn't it? Like, isn't it inevitable that they're going to townhouses or apartment condos? Apartment condos. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cody, but I believe that's what you were talking about back then. Um, he said that they're basically that they should be bound to go up, and then he just that, said, "Can we go back to condos? They have very low maintenance." But he didn't say apartments. Okay, Cody, can or you clarify? Condo. Can you clarify what you're talking about? Because he says they have very low maintenance. Well, he's saying, can we go back to them? And we've been talking about townhouses for the past like 10 is, minutes. Is he, is he... So he's talking about apartments. Okay. Um, they have very low. First. They have very low maintenance. Besides appliances, paint, and floors covered by the condo board, also tenants seem to stay low hassle. Is the only issue appreciation? Among many other things, apartment condo condo fees are significantly higher than townhouse condo fees. They'll be like four hundred, five hundred, six hundred dollars because they've got some half-assed gym downstairs, yeah, fitness center, or probably. you know, underground parking or something like that. Um, the price point with the condo fees and everything else—they are terrible as rental properties. Like they do not work as rental properties. I've never seen a cash-flowing apartment that you didn't have to put sixty percent down on minimum. So it's just they don't cash flow and they don't appreciate. And the logic of saying they've been down for so long, they're bound to go up is like the same thing that the guy at the Chino says, you know, at the casino at the slots. And he's Ooh. like, oh, I'm bound to win. Hey, don't touch my my cups right there. I'm, it's going to win. It's going to win. It's going to win. It's it may, but it doesn't. It, the same logic, you know, single family residential logic does not apply to apartment condo logic. Yeah. And also, like, I think somewhere in there, um, Cody had mentioned that tenants seem to stay for a long time. But I like unless you have actual experience with that, I 100 percent disagree with that statement. I have like of everybody I know who has lived in apartment buildings, which I, disclaimer, I have not. I have never lived in an apartment building, but everybody that I know who has has nightmare stories about the people above, below, beside, because it's not the same as like a townhouse where there's like, it seems, it seems to be way better, like insulated from all of the noise and stuff. Like you are literally boxed in unless you have like a really nice, like corner and unit and yeah. a smaller building or something, but you're totally boxed in by neighbors. And it's like, I, I've never personally met somebody who has been happy just like content living in their little condo unit if you want apartment condos boy i could find you an agreement for sale zero money down 17 year financing i could find that all day every day because they're everywhere i <laughs> i mean you go you go you go looking for seller financing deals for agreement for sale deals uh you can 100 find them in apartment condos but 
you know, from what I find is like the seller's got a mortgage for $270,000. The property is worth $180,000. So they're under the water by 90K. And uh, it's negative $900 a month in cash flow. And the mortgage pay down is like $250 a month. So you're like, you're negative 650 bucks a month on this property and just like hoping it'll go up in value. And then also you're underwater by 90 K. So it's like, it's, I I've done my reason. I was just trying to save you some time, but, um, apartment condos are just, they're not at the very least in, in, in Alberta are not a safe environment. Um, I would highly, it's, it's, normally I wouldn't do this. Normally I'd say, go do your own research. But like, this is one of those ones that's just blatantly obvious. Do not. You know what? If it's your home, go for it. Might be great. But for investment properties, it's just some properties just don't work. Not every piece of real estate is good for a rental property. Okay. Just because you got an amazing deal where, you know, there's this $700,000 house in this really nice neighborhood that's right next to whatever community center that everybody loves and you got that house for $520,000. You got an $180,000 deal on it. That does not mean that it's going to work as a rental property, right? Unless of course you're just going to buy that property and quickly sell it for profit right away. It won't, it does, doesn't mean that it will work as a long-term rental. Mm-hmm. So um, we're talking about building long-term wealth here. Um, and I think speculation of, you know, appreciation is just, I don't know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's not a, not a good approach, but I want to move into a couple other questions here so, and I'll stay relatively stay on topic, but, um, Alan asked are freehold townhomes common in Edmonton. Um, not common, but they, uh, they are, they are around. There was a bunch built in the last 10 years. Um, some of the newer areas. What's uh, the definition of freehold? Uh, like without condo fees? Uh, Townhouses without condo fees. So non-strata. Yeah. Um, We own a few uh, in Leduc. Um, Great rental properties, really good price. So they're a little bit cheaper than single family houses. They're the same layout as a single family house, except it's like a row house. Um, And they have double garages in the back. Um, And they're just a little bit cheaper, about $40,000 or $50,000 cheaper than a single family home. And they get the same rents. So uh, they're, they're really great for investment properties. Actually, they're my favorite single family investment property. Yeah. If I could own like 30 of them and call it a day. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, you know, for a house that you normally have to pay $380,000, $400,000 for, that would get you about seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars $1,800 worth of rent. Um, these are like three ten, three twenty. With great tenant profile. With great tenant profile. It's got all the same things as a single family house, yard, garage, whatever, 1,400 square feet. And same rents, so it's it's uh, they're they're really great investment properties. Um, in fact, like the the whole area where they were building these, um, pretty much every owner is an investor. They're all rentals. Um, Alberta yeah, on fire. Yeah. Alberta on fire had a deal with uh, with the builders um, where they were getting like a, a little rebate or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, it's pretty much all investor bars. Um. Okay, let's move on. Uh, I'm way behind in these comments. So, um, okay, Barry, uh, I rented out condos and townhouses, uh, sold them off. We'll never buy that kind of property again to rent out. I can't understand how people do flips in townhouses or condos in Alberta as the values just aren't there. You're absolutely right. Um, there needs to be an intention behind it. Now, the the burrs, I I like the burrs because there's the intention, right? When someone's doing a flip on or a flip on a townhouse is okay. Let's start with flip. Flips on townhouses, they're very quick, in and out, affordable. You know what I mean? There's always people buying townhouses, and for someone who wants to, let's say for someone who makes twenty seven dollars an hour who wants to become a homeowner, they're not going to be able to buy a $500,000 house. Um, so they start looking at more affordable things like apartment condos, townhouses, right? Um, but everything is shit, right? They all like mid-grade, you know, 1990s cabinets, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all I can afford. So when someone is at that affordability, and but they want something nice like all their friends have, 
they will they will pay an extra twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars to have the nice townhouse with the nice kitchen and the nice basement and stuff like that because that's all they can afford. So there's always going to be a market for that based on affordability. There's always going to be you know people who make thirty dollars an hour single person or two people who make $20 an hour who want to own a home, but they can't afford $500,000 house. So there's always going to be lots of people in that price range. So that's why townhouse flips. I love them quick in and out fast for burrs. The intention behind that is the fact that, you know, if you can find a property that you can increase the value and, you know, do some renovations and then pull all your money out, it's worth it to hold a property that's maybe a little less desirable than what you'd like, Barry. If you have no investment in the deal, like if you were able to do a burr and get all of your, put your money in and they get all your money back up, zero money in the deal and you're making money. I mean, why not? Mm -hmm. I think it's a great way to get started for real estate investors, like who don't have a whole heck of a lot of money that want to make that money work as much as possible, recycle it, right? Make it work. Um, but if your opinion on townhouses is just like, they never appreciate. I, I'm in the same boat as you, but uh, I feel like there needs to be some sort of an intention behind it in order to do it. Um, I, and I also mentioned earlier, my mind has been changed recently with the with me realizing the effect that vacancies and repairs and maintenance will have on your bottom line. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and I I don't think we enough people look at it. This is the, like. You hear me say this, and then I've been talking a lot about like, take care of your appliances, right? There, there's a big reason why I'm so passionate about that is because holy fucking shit. You have two, like if you, in a calendar year, it's not uncommon for like two appliance issues to come up. Maybe you were able to send out a technician and it only costed 150, 200 bucks or something to put it quickly slip in a new part and pay their, their, uh, call out fee or whatever yeah. and then maybe another appliance goes and you actually did have to end up swapping it out with either a used one or a new one that can be upwards of like a grand to 1500 depending on what's happened and that could be a big hit like if you're you know let's 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 use some basic numbers here and i don't want to exaggerate i just want to give some people some perspective here that was not an exaggeration i know okay i know <laughs> but just before someone says that that's an exaggeration let's say a thousand dollars a year in repairs and maintenance on a property. Um, what's your mortgage pay down on a typical property these days? On a townhouse, I know that's not very much, especially with new interest rates. Um, oh, I'm pulling up. Here it comes. It's coming, guys. <laughs> here. Let's go. Um, do you want to do townhouse or do you want a single family home? Up to you. Let's do a sweeted house. So $400,000 mortgage, 30 years. I'm going to be nice and say 4% interest rate. Okay. Where is it? There it is right there. Boom. Okay. After one year, principal pay down is $7,000 first year. And I know the principal will go up over time. Um, but you're looking at a $1,900 payment. Principal pay down is about five seventy dollars per month. So at the end of the year, you're getting about $7,000 worth of principal pay down. And $1,000 is being done for repairs and maintenance. And then as well, we talked about vacancies earlier. Let's add in a vacancy as well of... 2000 bucks okay. or or one one month of one month of uh rent so that's 3000 bucks right for upstairs and downstairs yeah 3000 bucks plus $1000 for repairs and maintenance that's $4000 that's more than half of your profit if you don't have any appreciation more than half of your yearly profit is gone now if you didn't have that you'd be saving $4,000 a year. Think about that. And I, I can do that. I can do it for a townhouse as well, if you'd like. So we can do $150,000 townhouse, $30,000 down, right? So $120,000 mortgage, 30 years, 4%. Uh, 
um, at the end of the year, you are paying down $2,700 worth of mortgage pay down. Can you imagine having $1,000 in repairs and $1,300, $1,400 of rent that you're not receiving for a vacancy? What's that work out to be? $1,000 plus $1,400 is $2,400. Your profit, your mortgage pay down is $2,700. That means you made $300 that year. Mm-hmm. All of it gone. And it happens. Like I've been doing our bookkeeping for all of our properties um, for a decade and it happens. Like sometimes you just like shit, like Amanda just said here, I hit my trigger point with the last increase and had to replace three appliances last year. Mm -hmm. That happens literally just last year as well. We had to replace a over the head microwave range, a fridge, and we had a furnace crap out in the middle of the winter, which was like almost a grand in, um, in, in getting it fixed. That was a bad year for that property. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it, it just, it happens. You have those, those things come up and it's, I mean, we put the reserve funds in place and the, you know, all that stuff, but that doesn't mean that just because you have a reserve fund in place that like you still have to pay the money, (laughs) your annual return on that is still, still got hit. Right. So, and this is kind of why I was going back to what I was saying early on in the show about why I kind of like townhouses because the, I'm choosing my words correctly because the quality of tenant is a little less. The -hmm. tenant profile is a little less than what you would get if you had a 400, $500,000 single family house. Okay. And that's just an affordability Affordability. thing. It's an affordability thing. Okay. I'm not, not being judgmental, but you know, the person that you know, is going to stay there for 15 years, never going to buy a house. That's kind of what you're looking for because that person will, you know, they're not going to, yeah, they're going to be a little harder on the house, but you don't have to worry about replacing all that stuff in five years because when a tenant moves out, when your fifth tenant moves out after five years and like the house looks like shit and you're trying to get pictures of it or you're trying to get people in and everyone's like, you know what I mean? It's kind of hard. So, if you can get someone to stay a long time, that's kind of great. And then you don't have to replace the carpet. You don't have to make those hard decisions about those capital expenses, right? That's my opinion on it. I I, I think that I'd rather do it for 15 years or like, you, you know, even if you do have a tenant move out after the fifth tenant five years later, the expectations for those types of townhouses, the standards are significantly lower to, the, to that tenant profile because it looks like every other shitty townhouse. And I know that's not something you guys want to hear. You don't want to hear me saying, or you don't want to say, I have a shitty rental property that gets less than, you know, sub, it gets subpar tenants, but they always pay and they stay a long time. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't want to, like, I want to, I want to provide nice, clean, safe, you know, housing, affordable, but at the same time, from a business perspective, that's kind of what you want and what you need in order for numbers to work. Because I have really nice, newly renovated, suited houses, and they're, I, I can't go in there. I can't. I get so angry when I go there. I'm like, this place smells like fucking shit. And the scuffed walls. And look, and the dog bit a, you know, all the baseboards off. And like, what's going on with the front of the fridge? Why is there like golf ball-sized dents all over it? Like, what the fuck are they doing to it? I get so angry. He does. Or, He's not joking. <laughs> oh, I do. Like, it's, it's so frustrating. Like, look at all the money. It's gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. And like now I've got, you know, the quality of our suite is 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 comparable to like the townhouse that I'm describing to you right a minute, a second ago. So why don't I just buy a townhouse like that and not give a shit yeah. if that's how they're going to be treated, right? Yeah. I, I'm just trying to give you guys a little bit of, you know, um, exper- perspective from experience um, that – you know, you might want to lower your expectations on it in order to make sure that you get the best possible return. Because ultimately, all of this um, goes back to, you know, building long-term wealth. That's what we're trying to do, right? Yes, cash flow is nice. If I can get enough cash flow to leave my job, that's great. But ultimately, we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build our net worth over time to create a better life for us in the future, a better life for our family, and and something to leave behind for our kids, Right. So you have to look at it from a business perspective. And that's that's just the way that it is. That's my findings. Um, I'd love for you to ask other people who've been in the game for 15, 20 years, and, and they'll probably tell you the same. And I know because I have discussions with them. They tell me the same thing. Um, 
it's kind of the reason why a lot of people, you know, later on, that's why they love buying multis, you know, it's because the expectations and the standards are significantly lower. Mm-hmm. They'll do their big renovations just to get their burr in place. You know what I mean? To get all their money back out, but then they don't repair shit for 30 years just to kind of keep their cost down. They don't want to put any more money into it, but, um, okay. It's a great ending point. Is it? Yeah. Sorry to Annette. Amanda. Amanda. Val basically hijacked. But that was a fantastic uh, question and a great conversation. So thank you, Val. Fucking told you I can make a show out of it. Was it that that, question? Oh, oh, there was another question. Okay. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) Um, uh, Uh, However, Annette, I will answer your question in the Master's Mentor Sugar. um, And we can talk about, um, I I think that Amanda's uh, question would be a great, great topic. I didn't see Amanda's. Um, Let me see here. What she got? That is a good one. Okay, cool. All right, guys. It's today Friday. You know what? It's the end of um, it's the end of the first week of 2023. I mean, you still got two more days. What'd you do? I'm kidding. No, seriously, what'd you do? That's a great question, Gab. It's an absolutely great question. What'd you do? Are you proud of yourself? I'm not proud of myself. I feel like I could have done so much more. Think about that this weekend. What are you going to get up to? Come back Monday. Have something to show us. Hope you guys do awesome. Hope you guys have an awesome weekend. Um, we'll see, see 100 of you tomorrow. See 100 <laughs> of you tomorrow. And uh, for the rest of you, we'll see you on Monday. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 